Hello, I'm Friedel. And I'm Andrew. Welcome to the latest edition of the Traveling 2 radio show. And if you're wondering what that sound is, Andrew's filtering water. Yes, this is a, a task we haven't had to do that often. And uh, we've, uh, we're have we just doing this out of more caution than anything else. Yeah, so far on our trip, all the way right up until Iran and all the way through Iran, we basically just drank the tap water and really didn't have any serious problems at all. But we heard so many stories about Central Asia and people getting sick that we thought, you know what, we've been carrying this darn water filter around. We better use it now just to make sure that we don't get sick. Yeah, because if we get sick, I mean, I mean, so the next couple days somewhere and, you know, our visas are tight enough. Yeah, we don't don't really have the luxury of being able to spend a week in a hotel here. So, so there you go. That's what that sound is. But we didn't really uh, do the show to talk about filtering water. No, we didn't actually. Uh, we're going to uh, give you another uh, way back in the archives on our computer. We found an interview of uh, somebody we met in Canada. Yeah, this is really at the beginning of our trip. I think maybe within the first month, and we met a guy named Carl. And I will always remember Carl because up until we met him. We were really quite new to the bicycle touring scene, and the thought of wild camping just scared us, and we thought it was illegal, and so we weren't really doing it, and Carl was the first guy who said, look, this is ridiculous. You need to do it. Yeah, and after uh, after Carl really talked us into it, we started doing a lot more wild camping, and so thanks to Carl, we've probably saved about a bazillion dollars along the course of our trip. Yeah, well, exactly, and um, well, we owe it all to him. And the other interesting thing about Carl is he was the first person we ever saw riding a recumbent bicycle. Yeah, so we actually gave it a, gave it a try and uh, didn't have that great a success. No, I seem to remember we were falling all over the place. But anyway, we did this interview with Carl, and you know, I really don't know why we never put it into a show and shared it with you. But anyway, Carl, if you're listening, we want to make up for it, and so for all of you out there... Here's the interview that we did with Carl way back in 2006. Here we go. We're here in um, Grand Falls, Grand New Brunswick, Falls, New Brunswick yeah. in front of the waterfalls. Yeah. And uh, I met someone with an interesting bike in front of the Tourist Bureau and uh, just get you to start by telling us uh, maybe a little bit about your bike and where you've been with it. Okay, in year 2000 I was in Guatemala City, uh, like, not Guatemala City, Guatemala, the country. And then I decided that I would, I would see my country as simple as possible. So I had a choice. Or I would walk this country or I would cycle it. So in 2001, I decided I would, I would go faster with a bicycle, which I did. So I left Montreal in 2001 to Vancouver. It took me 61 days. It was the best, uh, not vacation, but way of traveling what? I ever did. And, but that wasn't with this bike. What we've got in front of us is a recumbent. Yeah. But in you actually started out on something different, didn't you? A mountain bike. Yeah. I did uh, 6,000 kilometers to get to Vancouver with a mountain bike with a front suspension. And the bike was great. I got it. Uh, somebody stole it in Vancouver. And then one of my friends, he had a recumbent. And he told me, you have to try a bike like that to cycle across the country or go around the world. And I said, oh, come on. And then I was worried because the, the bike is weird, strange. And uh, he was right, because it's the best bike to go uh, cycle across the country. What made you decide to actually try it and not just sort of ride it off and go buy another mountain bike? Uh, because Piadori, the guy who was uh, he's in a, Guin a world Guinness record, and uh, cycling across the country, he was the fastest one with a recumbent. And he 
he kept telling me all the time because I hang around with him for about a year. I was living on my sailboat and he was living in his um, camper about a, one kilometer from where I was in the bay in Falls Creek in Vancouver. And he, he convinced he, all the time, he said, Carl, you're going to have to go and buy a bike like that. I, and, I, and I did. He, he's, the, he's responsible for it, not me. Yeah, he, he's the guy who really sold me the ID. ID? Idea. Okay, to buy a bike like that. And he was right. If I would go around the world, I would be with, with a bike like that because it's a nice way of traveling. So tell me, tell me about the actual bike. What, what kind of bike is it? And what's got vision. on it? And how much did it cost you? All the details. It's a Vision. It was built in Seattle, Washington. Vision in English, yeah, Vision. It's 21 speed and um, cost three thousand dollars. And it was worth it. Oh yes. Yeah. What what are the best things about it? What when you get on and ride it? What makes you think I'd never go back to a, a mountain bike? Or I will buy another mountain bike for because I like to go in a trail. Like, but I, you cannot do that with a bike like that. I would like to have another mountain bike, but not for traveling around um, across country stuff like that. Are they really as comfortable as, as people oh, say? They, they are. They are. It's it's only your legs work. The rest of the upper body, you you, you have no pain. It just. Do you find that you can actually go further on this than you could on your mountain bike? Yes, yes, because when I arrive, maybe physically, not physically, like the bone structure, when I arrive in Vancouver, I, I, I end up in the hospital for about uh, four days because my, how do you call that in English, spine? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I paralyzed on, on the mountain bike when I arrived in Vancouver because I did 6,000 kilometers in 61 days and that was too much for my spine. I thought cycling would, would be finished. So I ended up in the hospital for, for four days. I couldn't walk. You must have been absolutely devastated when you landed in the hospital. You must have. Yeah, that I, must have yeah, been a real was, shock to you. Yeah, it was like a car accident. I, 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 it's like it happened very fast. I, I paralyzed. Look, and then the doctor told me you'll never cycle again because y your spine was not it's not fit for a, for a, a regular a regular bike to do all the distance you're doing 100 kilometers a day. Yeah. For for 60 days. So he said, no, it's finished. It's, if you do that again, you'll paralyze. So and then uh, a few years after, I bought a bike like that, and I cycled again across the country, which I never thought I would do. <laughs> You're an awfully brave fellow to go and get back on any kind of bike after the doctor tells you you could be. Yeah, I was. Yeah, but I won't. I will not do like uh, six thousand kilometers in sixty days what on a regular bike. What do you do? But you now you still do a hundred k a day on on something like this. Yes. On the recumbent. Yeah, because you don't feel any pain. You're sitting and you're sitting on a what you say, a chair. <laughs> <laughs> So when you did your trip across Canada, what what was the best part? What were some of the things that stick out for you of all the things that you saw or people that you met? It's it's not only the uh, like British Columbia is so beautiful because of the mountain, the lake, and everything. It's uh, what's you know, like like the puzzle. You close the puzzle because it's it's the people. It's it's not only the the, the nature and the lake and the mountain. It's it's the people that I've met. That's that's why the, the trip was so interesting it's all the people i mean it's i met some people like in in 30 seconds and they say no you know you're not gonna camp uh, tonight you're coming to sleep at our house and it was like magic for me because there was a lot of respect because i was cycling if i would have been with a motorcycle or a camper they will have never invite me like that you just say no you you, you, you and those people were professional they were doctors and they say we, we want you to camp at our place we want you to have uh, breakfast with us and it's all that magic it kept going all the time and when you weren't lucky enough to meet people who would invite you into their homes you did a lot of wild camping or you just camped wherever you could find places 
No, those nice people were, would happen like uh, once every ten days. So all the all the rest of the trip was always camping in in close to church, close to village, because I'm I was worried in the tents because of the animal. Because Ontario there's a lot of wolf and bear, and it's dangerous. So I would always camp near village. And you never had any problems with the police or no. anyone stopping you and saying you're not supposed to be here. Yes, they did. But after like. 30 seconds, they, they, they found out that I was cycling across Canada, and they say, okay, you can camp here. And in Wawa, Ontario, which is, the UPP are very, like, severe, they're like, military police, you know, and so this guy, the police say, hey, you're not supposed to camp here. I say, hey, I'm cycling across the country, so I'm tired. So okay. They took the police car, his friend checked my, my, my tent, where I was in, at the tourist office. I put my tent up, and I visit the town with the police car with him, and then he he went to his house so, so I could meet his wife. So everything was like magic. It's like, yeah, Amazing. usually usually the police would stop to give me a ticket. Now they, they stopped me for uh, making me visit the town <laughs> with the police car. And they did. I was gone with him for more than one hour. And he told me, if you want to camp here tomorrow, there's no problem. And I was right in the middle of the city. So you get a town tour as well as a free place to camp. I guess you don't get that in a campground, eh? No. <laughs> Would no. you would you do it again? Would you do another trip across Canada? No, because I I went back and forth. I did around you know like Montreal to Whistler, Whistler to Gaspésie. I went like I did fourteen thousand kilometers in Canada. So that's I will not do Canada again on a on a bicycle because there's other places I have to see. And where would you go if you had a, a magic plane ticket tomorrow that would take you anywhere you you and your bike anywhere you want it to go? I don't know. I kind of like the whole planet except place that there's war or something like that. If the, I, I kind of check now that the rate of like the crime, if the level is very high, I kind of try to avoid that because I was in Guatemala and Salvador and places like that. And uh, I don't know, I'm, it's kind of strange to cycle there because they, they're not used to bicycle and they, they'll hit you and they won't stop. So this, or this, they're close to a civil war, different place. And so you, you try to avoid that one. Right. But and, and now you're in a camper I see not on your bicycle that's my house that's your house yeah (laughs) my address is uh, in Quebec City but it's a friend yeah that's my house my address is 325 YXM I'm a nomad (laughs) yeah so you just how long have you been traveling like this and have you got a a set time to finish or just as long as you can afford it as long as uh, I don't know I I I kind of have some model I I think I'll be 70 years old and I'll, I'll be traveling right yeah because I kind of met some I was lucky because I met some older people they were 70 years old 72 years old they cycle across the country and Monsieur Leblanc he's from Gaspésie he was 72 and he cycled to, to Vancouver and then he took the airplane to, for Japan and he did like uh, I think he did uh, he started in, in the 1960s cycling and he did all 14 Olympic not as, a, as an athlete as a spectator mm-hmm and he did 14 of them. Now he's close to 80 years old, and that's just—it's the kind of model that I—I I like to meet those people because yep. this is what I want to look like when I'm 70. Because I did met a lot of people that were 70 years old and older, and they were cycling, not cycling to go to the store. They were cycling across the country and Europe and Japan, and so I said, "Hey, this is what I want to look like." That, so I put myself on a budget, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to well, do it to be able to do that because you can cycle around. I don't know. I can't figure out. You, you can cycle around the world with ten thousand dollars. That's that's too much because there's Canadian a guy. Canadian dollars. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a guy from. Uh, I got his email address. Uh, he left twenty two months ago, 
cycling around the world. He's from uh, Quebec City. He's been gone for 22 months, and his budget, you know how much it is? $4 a day Canadian. Ooh, and nothing. Yeah, he's been on the road for 22 months. He's cycling around the world. Wow. Yeah. How does he do it? I mean, you can't even, you can hardly buy a bag of pasta for... His budget is $4 Canadian, and he managed to... Does he just smile nicely and uh, manage to get people to buy him supper? No. Or uh, no, I don't know. He's not asking for nothing. And, uh, no, he's doing it for... I mean, that impressed me, you know, yeah. because I, when I was cycling across Canada, $20 was too much. I, I did spend like $20 and $30 a day, and that was too much. I was wasting money for nothing. Yeah, I know I met someone I just the other day, and he was spending $12 a day for food, he thought. I think that's enough. That's a, yeah, it, it is enough because you don't. Yeah, because your bicycle, you don't. You know, it's it's so cheap to run. If you're, I did break s some stuff, broke, mm -hmm. but it, it was it was never expensive. So, but I was spending money because I like to stop sometime and take a beer, and sometimes beer costs more than food. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's that balance, isn't there, between how much you spend and then enjoying yourself a little bit as well. Yeah, so. yes, I did. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Any other words of wisdom you want to share? <laughs> no. What's no. the wisdom from the plaza? <laughs> Sagesse. Sagesse? Yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is that, is that the right word? Words of advice? <laughs> yeah, words of advice. I was, yeah, many years ago. I, I was in Guatemala when I heard that one, and I kind of liked it. It's like a little sentence that always follow me, like in my mind. And it was written before Jesus Christ, like the vieilles paroles, the vieilles écritures. I don't know how to say that in English the old scriptures or yeah, Old it, Testament yeah it, it was written in, in like 2500 years ago or more than that it said if you cannot how is that satisfy yourself with little you'll never be satisfied in your life so and then it follows me all the time that when you're everything that's simple it brings you like paradise as far as I'm concerned mm -hmm. because you don't need a million dollars to be happy I mean it's and a lot of people who have and a million written, dollars aren't happy yeah <laughs> and it was written like 2,500 years ago. If you can't be happy with little, you'll never be happy in your life. So it's walk the planet or cycle it. And it's simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. I, I met an old couple. You know what they were doing? What? I met them in Cochrane, Ontario. They were they were just got retired from, uh, he was a teacher. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I noticed they were like, there was no village or town where I met them on the road and there was no car. And they were, they were walking across Canada. And they, they were on the road for two years. When I met them, they were they were on their way back to New Brunswick, St. John. So they walked from St. John, New Brunswick to uh, Whitehorse, Yukon. And they liked it so much, they were walking back. So they were on the road for two <laughs> years. And I asked him. One year in each direction. <laughs> yeah, I said, shit, how long have you been on the road? He said, uh, when we arrived in St. John, he said, two years. And I said, why are you doing that? He said, very simple. He said, because it's there and I want to see it. <laughs> so it was not complicated. <laughs> see, if, you, if I drive a car, a motorhome, or a camper, or, or a motorcycle, I'll never see it. So this is why we decided that we were walking across the country, and they did it. They live here in St. John, New Brunswick. You're and I sticking said, to your bike, though. Yeah, so I said, okay, that's not, I'm doing nothing with my bike. Because <laughs> they were walking 35 kilometers a day. Yeah. That's, yeah. And they, they, yeah, it was nice. I said, okay. No, no, no. When I went on my bike, I said, holy shit, this is luxury. You know, it's, it's too fast because you're doing 100 kilometers a day they're doing only 35 so yeah. two years it took them huh, <laughs> fantastic 